0: DEVIL HORNS! Welcome everyone to the second episode of Devil Horns. My name is Midnight Corey, and uh, speaking on behalf of me and my co-hosts here. We appreciate that you're listening, and it uh, was a great response from episode one. With me, of course, as always, New Jersey Nick. Good evening, my good friend. Good evening.
1: Good evening. I'm here.
0: You are here. You are here. And uh, <laughs> appreciate it, man. And uh, had a had an epic Metallica episode last time and uh, had a lot of fun with it, and I've been excited to record again.
1: Right, we might as well start with Metallica, and now we're moving into the way weird stuff from Metallica, aren't
0: we? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. But uh, we're going to have fun tonight. Um, My other co-host, of course, is Mr. Mike Zombie. Hey. How you doing?
2: (laughs) I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: All right, all right. Good. And uh, this week, of course, uh, or this show... Uh, we're going to be doing an album review. We're also going to be talking about some listener feedback later on. And uh, I really appreciate everybody that was leaving comments. And, and uh, we do have a voicemail as well. That was awesome. And as promised, uh, everyone who is uh, commenting, leaving any kind of feedback, I'm going to throw you into the old hat of pain. And uh, you're gonna somebody's going to win a, a free music download. And uh, you just got to let me know if you'd prefer Amazon or iTunes or Google, whatever. We'll figure out how to get you a free download of uh, a track of your choice so that'll be awesome but that's for later on Uh, this time around we have an album review and this was chosen by Mike Zombie Um, we're each gonna choose an album to review uh, for each show and so uh, we started with Mike next time it's gonna be Nick and then I'm gonna go last and then we'll start the rotation again but uh, Mike Zombie let's just get into it my friend And uh, explain the album that we're going to be talking about tonight and why you chose this for us.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll start off with why I chose it. This is an album I purchased simply on the cover art, which is something I've, I've done a handful of times, usually with mixed success. But this could not have been any more of a like I looked at like the person in the car next to me and went, holy shit, what am I listening to the album in question? is Yeast by Blood Duster, an Australian band that was released in 1996. Now, it's not their first album. I'm going by Wiki, of course. I walked into Rasputin's music and was looking through the death metal section and came across a broken, beaten, dead woman's face. I mean, a real, real person's face all fucked up. And I was like, whoa. And I flipped it over. I'm like, what is this? And the song titles were interesting, to say the least. And I thought, all right, I'm going to give it a chance based on the cover art. And uh, I actually listened to the album for the first time, driving home from San Francisco uh, back to L.A. and um, listened to it probably five times by the time I got back home and was absolutely blown away. And sadly, couldn't find anything more local on them and, and didn't get anything more until I went back up to San Francisco Bay Area to uh, go to that same store.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, Um I was going to mention the cover. Uh, Yeah, definitely. That's a real corpse. Yeah. uh, Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, why did you choose Yeast as opposed to uh, maybe their first album or maybe something more current? Because they have a lot of albums out there. And, uh, you know, we could could talk about things we've read on Wikipedia. But I encourage everybody to go to Blood Duster's Wikipedia page because they have this crazy, crazy history. I mean... So many lineup changes and so many things going on. I was just, I was yeah. really entertained by their bio. But um, so uh, why Yeast, particularly? Was it uh, the album cover? This is one that struck you the most?
2: Yeah, it's it struck me the most. And this was, I was really in my, entering my death metal phase, I think, when I stumbled across this album. And this hit for me perfectly because they love to sample, especially in this album, from horror films, films that I knew and loved. And I thought, what a great idea to sample, you know, uh, and I think I've n- nailed most of them down And this album mixed with some of the heaviest music you're ever going to hear are clips from many clips from bad taste, uh, brain dead, blood sucking freaks, meet the feebles. <laughs> <And> this <laughs> and There's a the Peter Jackson theme running in this, yeah. uh, with, uh, I'm a Derek and Derek's don't run, but, uh, <laughs> And I was—I love the sense of humor behind some of these songs. Some of the song titles are horrific. I mean, things you wouldn't want to say in front of you. Nothing you'd want to say uh, under certain circumstances. Uh, there's a song called Raping the Elderly. Well, that's not something I'm into. But <laughs> at first view, you're like, what the fuck? But then you realize when you listen to the band, when you watch some of their videos, they, they're not taking that stuff serious they're writing kick-ass music and they're they're having a great time. And um, if you g- go onto YouTube and search their video uh, "Piss Stomper," which is off a newer album, by the way, "Piss Stomper," and I want to say this before I forget, has uh, Jason PC Jason Fuller is the bassist and the or the original member is still in this band, and he has a bass drop in the beginning of "Piss Stomper" that is so fucking heavy. There's two dramatic bass drops I can think of done. Uh, that I've heard, the first being where you just turn your head and go, fuck, that's a bass? Wow. The first being Dan Lilker in the intro to Milano Mosh on S.O.D.'s first album. It's just such a grind as you hear that as he's dropping it. It sounds great. And uh, Piss Stomper has the second one. Probably the two most phenomenal bass drops in any type of metal I've ever heard. Corey, you're probably a better judge than I am since you play bass. But uh, Mm. this band is always bringing, with new lineups, bringing great stuff to the table and they've expanded quite a bit and even changed their sound and I've kind of grown with them but this is when they were really angry and heavy
0: (laughs) yeah for sure but uh, before we go any further you know Nick I'm going to go to you next but uh, I have a little sample to to play of theirs and uh, it's actually a full song but it's only going to be a good six seconds here so um, right now (laughs) I'm going to play Strop from Yeast (laughs) Love there it. we go. There we go. That was an entire song from beginning to end, um, <laughs> so that's a taste. Uh, of course, I was gonna do a montage like I did for Metallica the last episode and try to, but that was way too uh, over my head to try to. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah, I don't wow. even know how you would cut that together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, well, this is actually great uh, because. I'll just play one of their micro songs which is uh I know I'll get into here is actually a, something characteristic of uh the genre that uh, they happen to be in but Nick um mm-hmm. first of all have you ever heard of blood duster and what were I, your first I've I've heard the
1: I've heard the name before
0: um but I never heard the band
1: I am actually like totally unqualified to talk about grindcore stuff at all um yeah the, the I I want to preface the, this with that okay cuz uh I don't know. I'm not that into grindcore stuff, and um, I I don't know. It's never really done anything for me. The, the music on here it is brutal and fast, and it's weird how they have like what what seems like rock inspired riffs behind the music a lot of times, um, e- even though it is really heavy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I feel like this album is sort of it lacks a little focus. I think I would say. Because it seems like they're going in a couple of different directions at once. And from what I've read, this album was like the start of them turning into more like rock-based rock music and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really I, – I haven't heard a lot of them other than that, other than Piss Stomper, which I'm playing in the background. And I like much better than literally everything I heard on this album. <laughs> uh, did Piss Stomper come after this? Yes, many years. Yeah, I thought it did. So um, – in fact, piss stomper
2: I think came out in two thousand and seven on Leiden. Uh,
1: but that's, yeah, uh, it looks it looks fresher judging by the uh, video. So, I I I I am finding a lot of uh, I'm finding it hard to say a lot of good things about it just because I like like long songs. I like uh, I, I like my my metal to have epic moments and stuff. So personally, it's not for me. But I mean, I could definitely uh recommend this for Grindcore fans, especially who like horror movies and want to hear something sort of weird, something offbeat and, you know, shorter, I guess. it It is kind of short. Even the album is only like 32 minutes long, so listening to it isn't going to hurt you. Um, yeah, they squeeze like 39 songs in, though. What a value. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. The the price per song here is great. Uh but um, personally, I would have to say it's not for me. I'm, I'm not going to trash it because obviously everybody loves s- some type of metal, even the worst stuff. Like I joked before this show started, uh, even, even if they invented polka core tomorrow, if it doesn't exist already, someone would love polka core. You know? Exactly. I better Google that before I say it doesn't exist. It, Weird yeah. Al's kids probably working on it. Yes. But I do feel like this album is a little unfocused. And from what I've read about it, just like, yeah, mainly through Wikipedia. So it's not like I even researched very hard. I was never good in school. Uh, <laughs> it, um, you, you know, it, it was kind of a transitional phase for them. And I think maybe they found um, more, more grounded music later on. Hmm. From what I've heard.
0: I agree with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I would really I love that. You know, I, I'd love to hear uh, some stuff before and, and of course, after, um, because it sounds like this is a transitional album for them. And so uh, it's uh, you know, I can't well, the
2: album. The album itself. I'm sorry. Sounds like it was uh, midway through the drums sound a bit different and some of the recording quality sounds a bit different. And it, to me. I'm thinking they may have actually recorded it in different places and already had a few lineup changes during the recording. I think Uh, they did. Yeah, I think
0: you're right. Um, Yeah, going through again the Wikipedia thing. Yeah, especially the drummer. I think the drummer changed. There was in the middle of the album, they started with one guy, and then he left, and they picked up another guy. I don't know. There was so many people in and out. This band's a revolving door. And, uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: Fuck, dude. Guess what? Polka core? It's a thing.
0: No way. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God!
1: Google it later. Anyway, what did you think of uh, Blood Duster, Corey?
0: I really dug it. Actually, um, I got the sense of humor, and uh, of course, like like Mike was saying, they have these obscene song titles. You know, things I'm I'm you know not gonna say. In fr- I was just at my family reunion today, and and <laughs> there is no way I would even bring up the topic of Blood Duster, let alone you know saying some of the names of their songs. But. Um, once you start listening to them and, again, you, you watch their videos, like Mike said, you, uh, you get them. And you know that this is all tongue-in-cheek and it's just extreme for the sake of being extreme and just yeah. you know having fun with the whole thing. Um, so uh, I, something huge for me, though, is that the first thing that popped into my mind uh, as I was listening to this album for the first time was uh, it reminded me exactly of Napalm Death. I'm a huge Napalm Death fan. I love mm-hmm. that band, and this uh, Blood Duster, I think is sort of a perfect companion to them. And as I was reading, they've actually toured with Napalm Death before, so it makes perfect sense that uh, you know they've opened on the stage for them. But uh, you see the same kinds of things, and again, they're in the same sort of subgenre of metal that Napalm Death is. You know, it's grindcore, uh, something that grindcore is known for are just like crazy, crazy death metal kind of vocals. A lot of blast beats, really fast. Uh, um, And uh, like I mentioned before, the micro song. And Napalm Death has a lot of those. And Napalm (laughs) Death actually holds the record uh, for the shortest song ever written. They're in Guinness. It's like one second long. Um, And, you know, these guys come close. We have, of course, I played the six-second song. Uh, they they have another one that's like four seconds and a lot of songs h- sort of hovering <laughs> around there, um, so I really dug them and I got them right off the bat. Again, just you know coming from a, a big uh, a Napalm Death background, uh, I really appreciate that style. Um, I love they have some really good grooves on here. You know, it's not absolutely. all just blast beats and, and uh, you know, really fast sort of, uh, you know, uh, locomotive, you know, sort of things. Uh, they they really bust into some nice beats. And I think, Nick, maybe that's what you're getting at. You know, they sort of were mixing. It was a strange mix of of a, like a death metal hardcore thing and then going into a rock sort of style. You know, they're mixing that up because every once in a while, man, they found a nice groove and just went with it. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Um, especially like. You know, it's not like they really have time for solos in these songs, but no. where there would be a solo in a regular song, <laughs> um, it, it kind of has these um moments where it feels like very very like nineties heavy rock, you know?
0: It's sort well, of this, where oh I'm, yeah, sorry. This,
1: oh I'm sorry. This
2: album's coming up, I mean twenty years old, which is funny to think that that far oh. back, I mean, um, these guys were really turning it on. But yeah, I I agree. It has that that feel sometimes and like Corey said uh, some of these songs, they, they just, I mean, they go from jackhammering to they break into some of the heaviest stuff I've ever heard. Albert, uh, that song is, is heavy. There's uh, 20 seconds into the song, motherfucking, it just, and dead and dead. It's just heavy as shit. And I'm like, fuck, man. This is just amazing stuff. So yeah, and I think if you're if you're into not into that kind of song, it could, maybe it could be a turnoff. But if if you're into this, like I'm into this, this this album is just for me phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate it. And actually, bringing this up, um, this was '96, right around the same time. I mean, I th- I think there was a lot of actually really great magical transformations going on in music in the '90s. Um, You know, not only, you know, with grunge and that whole thing and maybe seeing sort of the death of hair bands uh, for a certain period of time. Um, We see things like this, you know, bands going through transitions. We go from metal to almost a rock sort of groove thing and just a lot of weird mixing up of genres going on. And just to throw this out there, I mean, that's the same thing I I think we've heard with uh, Six Feet Under. You know, Chris Barnes coming from Cannibal Corpse, you know, straight up death metal band, probably the most prominent, dominant death metal band of all time. And they're still, I think, the number one death metal band out there. But Chris Barnes, of course, uh, you know, having left the band, he transitioned into a a, a more groove oriented, you know, still very heavy, but but uh, almost uh, like a uh, like a classic rock sort of influence, sort of infused into death metal. And so i i think that's sort of a parallel maybe there was i think there was something just again very magical happening in the 90s that was just sort of shifting genres and and mixing things up and allowing for a lot of creativity and i think that's what was going on here with blood duster too um you know they started out more hardcore and then we're we're mixing in a lot of rock sounds and a lot of rock influences absolutely Um, and uh so, But yeah, I mean, like I said, overall, I really, really dug this. Um, and the, this band is still active. I mean, they're oh, still, yeah. uh, I, I believe, according to, again, their Wikipedia page, they are still um, they're in the middle of producing another album, which is uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just did
2: something crazy. Uh, they recorded. Now, uh, I'm going with a bit of what I saw in a video is just to make it. Now, if you go to their website right now, Here's how crazy they are. They're actually talking about the, the, what, it, what it means to a band when you download their songs illegally or from a, a source where they're not getting paid. And uh, Jason, who I think pretty much runs most of the, uh, that stuff, uh, he says uh, right on the website, the front page, if you want to download our album from somebody who's making money besides us, click this link. It takes <laughs> you to a place where you can absolutely download our album. But he says, you know, but we'd appreciate it if you didn't, you know, I because mean, this is what we do. And uh, they made another album on vinyl. uh, That they made the master, they played the master, and they destroyed the master and scratched it up. I think, and they they sold something a certain limited number of copies of an album that no one will ever hear, except for like three second bits before the the record player hits the groove and skips. Uh, They made a whole album just just to just hey fuck it, here's our new album. You know, it's just insane, and no one will ever get to enjoy it. Weird, weird stuff.
0: Man. Well, they have. I I think there's so much punk in their attitude and uh, in their in their views. I think toward towards music, and uh, you know, even you know, Nick, you were saying that they're maybe a little unfocused and maybe stuff is sort of all over the place. But that's sort of that's very punk to me. You know, it's just very man, just doing whatever they feel like, and they're just putting stuff out there, and they're just writing songs and and throwing it all together and putting out an album. I mean, that's that's sort of a punk attitude, which again. Is sort of the roots for hardcore, grindcore, everything. So everything just sort of evolves and mixes up. So that yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like they have that total attitude too. They're just like we. It's almost like they don't care. You know, they're just doing this because they love to do it. And and if they happen to pick up fans and people that actually buy their stuff, that's great. But
2: and I I want to make one more fan right now. Uh, A gentleman by the name of New Jersey Nick.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm going to say to that man. This band did evolve very much since that early album. Uh, they evolved into a, I hate to call it stoner rock, stoner metal, uh, but it's more of, uh, honestly, they, they still go back to those hardcore moments, but in their later albums, you're going to find a lot of moments where you think, this reminds me of, of down, this reminds me of corrosion of conformity. Um, especially Ooh. albums. Oh yeah, get it further into their catalog. In 2003, they came out with a self-titled Blood Duster. Uh, 2004, an album called Six Um, where they're much more of a metal sound. And they still go back to that hardcore stuff, but and they never lose the sense of humor. But they become. I, I think Nick, you would probably like their following albums, especially those two. Much much more. They're a lot more focused, uh, a lot more, uh, a lot more solid.
1: Yeah, you know, I read a lot, um, you know, from what I read about them, like they're described as a stoner metal band a lot, and I don't hear anything on this album that would convince me of that.
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I picked a bad one to meet that description, but this this is where (laughs) I first found them, yeah. And I've grown with them. Oh, they remind me. Do either of you guys um, listen to
1: High on Fire? I've heard of them, but I couldn't. Pick their music out of. 100. I
0: think I just listened to one of their tracks. I think something showed up on Facebook in my feed, and I can't remember. But that's.
2: I I'm gonna I fix did. that. Yeah, uh, they they've kind of moved into that style of metal when they want to play metal. But like I said, but then they jump back and they do the hardcore stuff. And they are a well versed, fun band. That I, for the life of me, if people outside of Australia would listen to these guys and get them to tour, am I gonna have to go to Australia to see them play? It really just fucking kills me, because I, I think there's a market for this band in the States, and there probably always has been.
1: Yeah, oh. you know, I'm listening to their later stuff now from 6 uh, 6 on YouTube, and it is, like, way better, way more what I would want to sit down and actually listen to. I can't even believe it's, like, the same band. You know what I mean? See, folks, and I brought him back. All right. Awesome. Welcome
2: well, back, New Jersey uh, Nick. Welcome uh, back. I'm not
1: saying I'm a fan, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, you- Oh,
2: that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, (laughs) He
0: hears what he likes. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So final thoughts on blood duster on yeast. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Um, Again, you know, you weren't a big fan of this, but uh, maybe finding out more. uh, Would you recommend this to people? Uh, Just uh, what do you think?
1: I'd recommend if people want something – If you're into grindcore, yeah, you could listen to this. Um, But if you want something that's just heavy and brutal, you should probably check out their later stuff. Because now that I'm doing that, it's um, a lot better. And, you know, I'm glad that they don't take themselves seriously. (laughs) Like, you find with um, bands, whenever you see a band that's got, like, ridiculous song titles and shit, you always have to, like, look into them and find out if they're serious about the stuff. Like, some... I would say mostly, like, Norwegian death metal bands and stuff that get so <laughs> serious. You know, they burn down churches uh, the, versus, you know, something like this. Or um, there's this mathcore band called Curl Up and Die that my friend introduced me two years ago. I don't know if either of you have heard of them. I don't yes. think anybody has. You have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have. I'm kind of surprised. Because, like, their titles uh, of songs are ridiculous. Like, I'm trying to fly to the moon using two magnets and willpower. Yes. And, um... My favorite my favorite song title from them. Not my favorite song of theirs, but my favorite song title from them. Dr. Dune, a man of science, doesn't believe in Jesus. Why the fuck do you? <laughs> so, thank God that some bands realize that metal uh, should have the piss taken out of it every now and then.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah. So, um, Mike, man, final thoughts on this, um, you know. Again, of course, you, I know you're a big fan, and you did recommend this to us, but uh, how, how would you sell this again you know, to somebody that's uh, looking to pick this up, just your, your average metal fan?
2: Here's what I would do, honestly. After listening to this podcast, if you have any questions about Blood Dust or what they're all about, I mean, any band can sound great in the in, in recording studio. Boston was famous for that. They're laying down 17-layered tracks of guitars that they couldn't perform live. That's that you know mean so studio is easy to sound great live go to youtube and search blood duster at the gaelic club uh and it's a full concert for them when they were opening for the dwarves and um cool. listen to albert live with dave haley on drums just fucking killing it and you get a feel for the band they often stop between songs you're laughing and joking with the crowd like jason's talking to them and go hey hey you hey come here how you doing You all right? What's going on? How you been? I mean, just just chatting with these guys, talking about uh, how they, you know, and being honest, they're on a tour See, and that's what that's what I love about this. They're on a tour. These guys would do great in the States, do great in Europe, but they're they're playing in Melbourne opening for the Dwarves two nights. And he, and Jason is standing there laughing, talking about, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry we didn't have more room for our equipment because the Dwarves came out here and uh, drew a line that said we're not allowed to step over, so they're dicks. And they started talking about, well, <laughs> they're not as bad as Slayer. And when we played with them, he's like, oh, yeah, Slayer was pretty fucked up. And then, one, and then and they're like, well, Danzig, oh, Danzig's a fucking asshole. And he's like, yeah, we've dealt with Danzig. He's a fucking asshole. They're not afraid. <laughs> To be honest, at the expense of them being, you know, probably being able to go and tour elsewhere, they're like, you know what, we do what we do when it's fun, and you'll watch these four guys in this video just fucking destroy, just do great, <coughs> and um, I mean, and they hold up live, and and it, I don't know what else can I say. Let that be your guide. If you like what you see, man, every single thing they've done is available on iTunes, as far as I know. And every single bit of it is worth it. The further in the catalog you get coming towards modern day, um, the more heavy, the more focused, the more deep metal it's going to be.
1: Yeah, dude, like I'm listening. If I could just recommend a song to listen to, maybe even start here and work backwards or something. But the song Duster Duster um, Mm -hmm. off of the I think it's off the Blood Duster album, the one just called Blood Duster. Dude, it's really awesome and it's um weird to see an evolution of a band from yeast to this i wish i had looked into more of their catalog before i did this episode now i feel real stupid but um yeah check out their other stuff
0: yeah
2: for sure Well, Um, the beauty is when it's next turn to recommend an album it's going to be drink fight fuck from blood duster you watch i love it (laughs)
0: well uh just to give my uh, final thoughts on things um you know, again, I appreciated this because I just, I love uh, the hardcore genre and the grindcore sort of thing. And I, I just really, I got the band. I dug their songs. I loved the way, you know, all the vocals were really reverbed out and everything. Everything had a lot of reverb on this album. It was really cool. Um, and I got it. Uh, so, but uh, I, I'm really interested again to uh, delve into their uh, catalog after this and uh, see where they went so uh but i would recommend this for people again that like stuff like napalm death you know mike you mentioned sod i think that's uh, you know sort of uh, similar and uh that just sort of you know you don't take things seriously and uh you know what you're getting into here but uh a fantastic pick mike thank you thank you absolutely absolutely so uh that wraps up our album review. Of course, if you want to uh, listen to this, Mike, uh, you said uh, this is all available on iTunes. If people would uh, like to check this out, and uh, absolutely. Uh, also, I was looking to do a, a more of a straight up CD kind of purchase myself. And Mike, I think I, I told you about this yesterday. Um, I went on Amazon and I was kind of looking through, you know, CDs and. It, it, kind of the pickings are slim for this band on Amazon, so I went to eBay and I actually found a great deal on a, a CD. It's a, the Yeast uh, split with uh, Fisting the Dead that uh, I got on. Uh, Language, my goodness, what? Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> sorry, I'll beep that out. But uh, uh, all right, yeah, um, we have
1: to. We can't say fisting. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> But uh, I I, I, uh, got that for a really, really great deal on eBay. And so uh, people might want to check into eBay if you're looking for a physical CD. um, Because uh, Blood Duster, there's actually quite a bit up there. And uh, I agree. So, so, fantastic. I I was
2: driving 400 miles to pick up each new album that I could. Every time I went up to visit,
0: I went right there.
2: Oh, nice. A new one's out. So, folks, if I'm willing to drive 400 miles to pick up a fucking CD and visit family. But CD comes first. You should check it out.
0: Absolutely. Well, there we go. That's our album review for this show. Up next, we're going to be responding to some listener feedback. So stay tuned to Devil Horns.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Opening music for Devil Horns is taken from the song Killdozer by Strychnia from their EP, Reanimated Monstrosity. Find Strychnia at facebook.com forward slash Strychnia. One of the things Ronnie is known for is inventing the Devil Horns, the most enduring symbol of heavy metal culture. I'm of Italian
4: extraction and uh, my grandmother and my grandfather on both sides of both my mother's and father's side came to America um, from Italy and they had superstitions. And I would always see my grandmother when I was a little kid, you know, with her holding my hand and walking down the street. She would see someone and go, what's that? And eventually learned that it was called the Maloik. And the Maloik was you know, someone was giving us the evil eye, so she's giving it protection against the evil eye you can give someone the evil eye too. So invent it, no, but perfect it and make it important, yes, because I did it so much, especially within the confines of that great band Sabbath, which had this incredible name already, and you put that together with uh, what people think it is. But for me, because I'm lucky enough to have kind of, uh, just have done it so much, it's been more equated with me than anyone else. Although Gene Simmons will tell you that he invented it, but then again, Gene invented breathing and shoes and everything, you know.
0: What makes metal unique what makes the fans and the culture of metal unique, do
4: you think? Well, I think it's probably more than anything the fact that it becomes a great big family of people who all share one thing, and that is metal. <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah. love it, and it's really them against the world. It really is, and I think that's that's its, its importance, and is why it lasts so long. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, Ronnie. Well, as promised, we are going to respond to you, the listeners, because we appreciate it. And um, this week, we were uh, very lucky to get a voicemail and some comments on uh, the first show. So uh, let's go right in with the voicemail. Of course, uh, everybody should uh, be calling us. Uh, What's the number again? I'm going to bring that up here. That is 206-337-6641. So, uh, yeah, call us up and let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong if we're just crazy. But uh, here we go. Um, and uh, Mike and Nick, you were hearing this for the first time. This was actually from um, a fellow podcaster, Mike, from Evil Episodes, um, which I also am a uh, co-host on. But uh, Mike is a huge, huge metal fan. And uh, so here are his thoughts on uh, our Metallica show.
3: Hello, Devil Horns Podcast. This is Mike from episodes. Just wanted to drop you guys a line to say, I listened to the first episode, and it was fucking excellent. What a great topic to do your first episode on. What did happen to Metallica? Well, you guys kind of laid it out. Uh, All pretty much having a similar opinion to me. Um, I... I was growing up in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. I was about, shit, somewhere around 12, 13 maybe when the Black Album came out. And uh, that was the first album I my own, but there was that big gap until Load came out. And that's when uh, my parents actually bought me Master of Puppets just blindly because... At that time, I had been asking for Metallica shirts. You know, anytime we would go to, like, a, like a Hot Topic-type store, there'd be, like, you know, 10 different Metallica shirts. So I would collect them, and uh, they bought me Master of Puppets, and I'll admit the first time I heard it, you know, I wasn't very uh, schooled on thrash metal yet. I was still pretty young, and I, I'll say I wasn't ready for that sound. Um, It took some time to digest. You know, besides the Black Album, the main song I knew from them was One, because that got radio play, and we actually had this local network called the Jukebox Network, where you paid like a dollar or something for them to play videos. And One by Metallica was one of the ones that would come up all the time. People, up I guess, bought the shit out of that to play it. Um, so, Master of Puppets, and you know, as as I went back and checked out the catalog, uh, Master of Puppets was my favorite album of for a long time. But um, I gotta say, you know, as the years have gone by, Ride the Lightning's kind of grown on me, and I think it might have taken over as my favorite album from them. And, uh, you know, just to say, from load up, I uh, will have nothing to do with it. I'm not interested at all. And I don't even think I've heard anything off Death Magnetic, and I don't even give a shit. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with them. Uh, there's too much other good shit out there to make me even care to try to get more familiar with that. So, you know, that's, that's it for Metallic for me, but just want to say, great first episode, and uh, if you guys are taking suggestions for topics, you know, maybe not for a whole episode topic, but if you could uh, maybe get into the band Cradle of Filth, if you guys are familiar with them at all. I They were one of the first uh, black metal bands I got into, and then like, right when I got into them, this was like in the pre-Napster days of downloading MP3s, so someone Recommended it to me, and you know, I was really into their early stuff, and then they kind of got a backlash from the black metal community. I don't know what it was all over. I, I'm guessing it was Danny Phil. Maybe, you know, the, the community thought he was trying to be too much of a rock star, front man, but who knows? But I really like them. If you guys are familiar with their music at all, I like do what your opinions on them are. I, I've seen them in concert twice. Once was at Ozfest headlining the second stage, which was awesome. But then I saw them at the Warfield in San Francisco. And, you know, it was one of the better concerts I've ever been to. Uh, they, they put on, like, a hell of a stage show, a lot going on. And that's something you really rarely find in extreme metal shows. And not that you can really blame it. I mean, you guys are, you know, when you get to that level of metal, the guys are playing so fast and hard, there's little much they can do, but, you know, I've heard all folk, they have, like, all this crazy shit going on on stage. Um, so it was pretty awesome, and, you know, the Warfields is just awesome, venue to see any show at, so... Yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to next episode, so... Keep up the good work. You guys rock!
0: There we go. The thoughts from Mike... Uh, on our first show, of course, uh, talking about a lot of Metallica, and, you know, I think he sort of lines up with us, and which is really cool. And what do you guys think about Cradle of Filth? Do you guys know much about them? Um,
1: Cradle of Filth is one of the worst bands I've ever seen oh, in life. Seriously? Ever, ever. I, I, oh, man. I mean, part of it might have been that it was 105 degrees that day at Ozfest all those years ago, but it was... Uh, it was the least enjoyable live band I have like ever seen. I mean, I've seen hundreds of bands play, and like they would be probably still in the bottom five, along with Nashville Pussy, and a few others that are just like bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize to all the Nashville Pussy fans out there, but not the Cradle of Filth fans. I'm I can't, like, i can not like we were just talking off air about how we're trying to be positive about the stuff that we don't even <laughs> like. I can't be positive yeah. about Cradle of Filth. Um, One thing I remember very vividly from the show, um, even in between songs, the guy would talk in his, like, reptilian voice, you know, and um, he wanted to say that it was, uh, well, it was um, the the lead singer, or I think it's lead singer from Sworn Enemy. it, It was his birthday, so he, in between songs, this next song is for Lorenzo from Sworn Enemy. It's his birthday, and me and my wife just like looked at each other like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like exactly what I'm talking about with like people taking shit way too seriously, uh, where it just becomes like a joke. That's cradle of filth to
0: me. Wow, Mike, what, what are you thinking? Um,
1: well,
2: uh, first off, I'd like to thank Nick for his positivity. Uh, I, I,
0: try, <laughs> I try, I try.
1: Have a line. Uh, we yeah, well,
2: you, well I, I'm glad you were nice about Blood Duster, but Cradle of Filth, to be honest, I've, I've not really listened to them Not but I wouldn't. I will check them out because I actually am a the West Coast representative for the Reptilian Voice Commission, and I wasn't aware anybody was using that <laughs> out here without any uh, permits, so I'm going to look into that. Uh, now, Lorenzo, happy birthday. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm willing to give it a shot because, to be honest, part of this... Is us sharing what we love with you, and but it reciprocates. I mean, so I want to know what you guys love because there's plenty of metal that I simply just don't have time to know, and I'll give it all a chance. So yeah, I'm cool with it. Let's check it out.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. very awesome. Um, to be honest, I was never really into Cradle of Filth. Uh, it just never appealed to me. Uh, they were a lot of, I think, really cool imagery. You know, their album covers are cool. A lot of the thing, you know, the artwork that surrounds them is really cool and uh, really well done. But uh, I'm not a big black metal guy. That's just not my thing. I'm not into that genre. But that all changed. um, Back in the days when I was doing the Midnight Podcast, I got this email out of nowhere. Uh, There was a publisher who was looking to uh, promote a book, a grimoire, uh, you might say, that was co-written by... Lead singer of Cradle of Filth, Danny Filth, and would I be interested in interviewing Danny on my podcast? And uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of a big deal. Why not? That's a great thing for my show. So, uh, of course, I did a crash course in Cradle of Filth and Danny and reading up and and uh, through doing that and talking with Danny because the the interview, Nick. Um, he does not do his reptilian voice he's actually oh. he just he's a he's a regular sort of a british guy he's like yeah. good day eh? would you like a spot of tea you know Well, no i'm was just kidding was that your british no, accent no yeah, yeah i'm sorry I, I was just kidding i was trying to be funny <laughs> i there.
1: apologize to our british audience
0: yes me too i probably offended a lot of people there especially danny <laughs> filth if he's listening which is unlikely but um no, I, I spoke with Danny, and I really, really like this guy. Mm-hmm. He, he is uh, very, very cool. And I'll tell you what, these, they're not the kind of band. They may appear to take themselves really, really seriously and what they're doing really seriously, but they don't. They're actually a really, really fun band. What you see in Cradle of Filth and what you hear and everything that they do and every, is pretty much a result of them being really, really drunk. And just doing crazy, crazy (laughs) drunken things. And they think things are a great idea. (laughs) And literally, they have this huge reputation for just trashing places. For just... I mean, they're just... they're nuts. They're nuts. So, um, I don't know. I I gained, you know, this kind of respect. Even though I'm not a fan of the genre per se, I can listen to Cradle of Filth and sort of see them through this screen. This lens, you know, of, of... just knowing Danny and sort of knowing this band. Um, it's really grown on me. And especially, you know, when whenever Mike left this, uh, this email or this voicemail, I went back to the early, early Cradle stuff. Um, because when I interviewed Danny and uh, everything, I was really referring to the albums that he had released around that time. And uh, I didn't really delve back into their past. But I, I'm really digging what I'm hearing. Um, It's, uh, it's pretty cool. So I, I would totally be down for doing uh, pretty much. I think what, what's uh, going to be a debate on cradle of filth, you know, and
1: uh, well, we could do an album review. Maybe I'd be more into them than I've ever, maybe I've never given them a chance. I know that I've never given them a chance, but um, shit, dude, I also remember like cradle of filth fans. I mean, he's talking about how they have a, bad name in black metal communities now or whatever I really don't care about metal elitism but I remember back in the day uh, one of my friends in college would argue with me that like and he wasn't that bright or that even into metal he just really liked Cradle of Filth and he was like you know what I hate Marilyn Manson because Marilyn Manson just ripped off everything that Cradle of Filth ever did and I was like dude these bands are nothing alike like to even like compare them and like you know, people just say yeah. things out of their ass a lot, and that always left a bad taste in my mouth about Cradle of Filth, too. Like, I couldn't like them because he liked them, and he was so just stupid. I hate it when people say stupid shit like that. Like, that's something that the person at Hot Topic said, and you just repeated it, you know? <laughs>
0: exactly, and they're all misled because Marilyn Manson is just spouting out everything that Charlie Manson ever said, and if well, you listen it, to any it, of his interviews, thematically, so... thematically, there's uh.
1: nothing similar between these two bands at all.
0: <sighs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. But um, no, definitely some uh, some great great thoughts there, and uh, some great ideas. Because uh, I think we found, I think what is going to be great in this show is is finding little you know a lot of differences among us here, and mm-hmm. uh, why Nick might hate a band and we might you know sort of appreciate that band and where we can find that appreciation and maybe trying to to sway other people at least you know communicate to other people why we love this band and why you shouldn't hate us just because we love this band you know
1: well yeah i'm I, pretty sure that over time people will either uh you, you know they will find who they identify with musically uh be it yes. cory mike or nick and sooner or later you're going to hear one of us like an album and go and hear that album because you like the other shit we like
0: right right so but uh very cool thank you mike for leaving that uh that awesome voicemail and i encourage more Yeah, thanks, Mike. That was cool. That was cool. Let's move on right now to some uh, comments. We got four comments uh, as of this recording on our very first Metallica episode. So let's go right into those. Um, I'm going to read the first one, which is uh, by a guy. Uh, um, I I know who he is because uh, he's commented on other podcasts that uh, I've been on before. But this is he goes by the handle of King of Nipples. Oh, King of Nipples. I know King of Nipples. Oh, yeah. Um, Great guy, actually. Um, He says, In 1986, at the age of 12, I bought Master of Puppets (laughs) on cassette. I fell instantly in love with metal and started playing guitar. With With everything Metallica puts out, I always try to find something I can enjoy. And I find the more I want to learn the riffs, the better the album is. To me, at least. I learned most of their songs from all their albums until load. For me, St. Anger almost seems like a practical joke. There's great parts in there, but the songs are way too repetitive and long, sound like crap and have no solos. I really enjoyed Death Magnetic and found myself picking up the guitar again and felt like we kind of got a bit of that old ride Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets magic again. I hope it lasts. By the way... Um, great cast, guys. I'm looking forward to more to come. P.S. I love the music intro and closing songs of the episodes, but I could never get into those death growl kind of vocals. Are there some bands you could point me towards that are that heavy and are in that style but without those type of vocals? Thanks from Kevin, aka King of Nipples. So uh, he makes some great points here. Uh, first of all, that uh, you know, of course, Metallica. Um, how uh, Saint Anger was sort of a joke, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we we talked about that and the whole recording well, process and the sound.
1: Yeah, and, and what he says there about Saint Anger that there's great parts in there, but they're too long and too repetitive and sound like crap and have no solos. That's what he says. Yeah. And he that is one thing that annoyed me when I listened back to the episode that I didn't bring up. Saint Anger feels like an unfinished um third third load album, you know yeah like like I think it should have been called unload because motherfucker they <laughs> should have they should have just um they should like they if they took that raw sound, the raw audio of what they ended up putting out as an album and actually engineered it and produced it, then they would have had something that sounded like load or reload with like passable songs, but instead you get like just the this thing that's just so raw that it's it, i don 't know.
0: Well, it, no, no amount of post-production could have changed that. Lars was <laughs> banging on, you know, trash can lids or something for his drums. I mean, that was
1: <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, I guess that uh, MacBook Pro was not as far along then in 2003 as uh, it is yeah. now.
0: So, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much it. And I think when they went to make Saint Anger, I'm not sure if I mentioned this the first episode, but I think their philosophy. Whoever produced this, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Bob Rock, was it? Did Bob Rock do Saint Anger? Or he he was he was hoping to do Saint Anger or something. Whoever produced Saint Anger was just going for this is Metallica just sort of jamming in a garage somewhere, you know, and that's a sound that I want to capture here. And um, it just didn't work. I mean, it was uh, yeah, a, a, pretty much a bad sound. He he, he succeeded in. Capturing a bad sound, as if you were mm-hmm. playing in your garage, but uh, did not capture, I think, the rawness and sincerity. Yeah, and, the spirit and ra- Yeah, yeah. That uh, that uh, definitely requires. So, uh, man, man, I don't know, Mike. You got any uh, <laughs> nope. thoughts on that? That uh, other yeah. other
2: than to say, um, I I like to read that Kevin uh, was inspired to play guitar by uh, the master of puppets cassette. I think that's, uh, that kind of musical motivation is magical. When you, when you hear something and you just want your hands or, or whatever to be a part of that sound, to make that sound, I think that's, that's fantastic. That's pretty much how I fell into playing guitar myself. And uh, as far as these albums, I uh, haven't heard them, don't care to. Nice nipples, by the way. Good job, Kevin.
0: Yeah,
1: Well, he is the king of them.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that is, I mean, Mike, great point. I mean, uh, it's a special kind of uh, band or album that uh, really makes you want to pick up the guitar and say, how did he do that? You know, and learn it and figure it out. And that's that's really cool. I'm glad he brought that up. But um, the second part of his comment here had to deal with, uh, are there bands out there, songs or anything that are that heavy? I mean, something that has got that crunch, that great, great, heavy, heavy thud to it that has vocals that aren't death metal growls and screaming or more melodic sort of things. Um, and, you know, just to start this off myself, uh, there was a clip posted to the Devil Horns Facebook uh, page here, and I'm not sure I didn't uh, I didn't do that. Of course, we're all admins on that, so we can all post stuff. Um, somebody uh, posted the Avenged Sevenfold clip um, here in the past week. And I would recommend that, actually, to Mr. King of Nipples here as a very heavy band um, yeah. that has very melodic vocals. They don't scream, do death metal howls, and everything like that.
1: Right. Um, I would I would recommend um, Rammstein. Just because, A, I love Rammstein, oh, so I'll bring him yeah, up whenever I can. Yeah. But but they have a heavy, huge sound.
0: They have a very low vocal voice. Right. And I mean, do you host. know,
1: till you, do a good, you do a good Till. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, that was very good. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Till Lindman, um, he was, you know, operatically trained and stuff. So gorgeous yeah. fucking vocals. Um, and also an Olympic diver. Something yeah. Like F- Olympic fucking weird, no right, way. man? Yeah. No. Yes, absolutely true. Amazing. And, um, but, uh, you know, their music is extremely, like, I, I want to say, like, heavy, like, almost in weight when you listen to it. And it's not, it's not um, you know, heavy on, like, quadruple bass or anything like that as you listen to it. Uh, and, and they don't go for speed, but just their sound is glorious. I agree. My One of my favorite
2: bands of all time. But I would suggest, I know this is a bit more mainstream, but if you want heavy really heavy, but vocals that aren't that deep kind of growl, I'm going to go with something simple, Kill Switch Engage.
1: Oh, great one. Great oh, one. For, for
2: me. Oh, I mean, I, I think I think that kind of meets kind of what, and I don't think Kill Switch is as heavy or as fast as Strychnia, but um, when you come to something that heavy and that fast, you kind of got to pick and choose because there's not much
1: yeah and with kill switch i would recommend the howard jones stuff over the jesse lynch stuff um if, if you're looking for softer vocals especially uh Absolutely. but he, he is a very soulful um very mali- like his, his his singing is amazing he could do either and i honestly think he's the 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 guy who can do the best at doing like straight vocals versus doing uh screaming vocals i think he's fucking amazing
0: uh, it takes, a, I think, a very special vocalist that can do the same thing within the same song. You know, they right. can do both within the same song, I'm sorry. But they can do, like, really, really great melodic parts mm-hmm. alongside, like, screaming parts, you know, uh, and, and they're trading off within yeah. the same song. Um, somebody that comes to mind is, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Bell from Fear Factory. Um, oh, Burton Bell. Oh, Burton, yeah, dude. Yeah. That guy, I think, is... Uh, You know up there amongst the best but uh, yeah
1: the the last one i would recommend would be shadows fall for the same reasons um, oh yeah as with kill switch engage where he goes from like really melodic stuff to really heavy um and and and, like really i find i'm not into death growl vocals either i wouldn't put uh that near the the top of the elements of what i like about metal at all and i find the most tolerable growling or screaming comes from kill switch engage and shadows fall
0: Personally, I agree with you. Interesting, interesting. So, well, thank you for uh, responding, King of Nipples, and hope we <laughs> helped you. Uh, you know, steer you towards some uh, some great music. But, yeah. uh, that's what we got. So uh, next up is uh, you know something, uh, Mike. I think you're going to be very interested in. This is by a commenter, oh, by the name of Not Alex. And uh, here's what not Alex has to say. Dear Mike. Oh, to me? To you personally. Uh Uh-oh, all right. uh, (laughs) Lars Ulrich is the best drummer that there was ever. Thank you for your time. Hmm. Dude, I I, I love that we got a (laughs) a
1: hater in our second comment. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be great. Go ahead, Nick. Expand, please. Oh no! I, I love that we oh. have a hater in our second comment, like <laughs> sending us. Like I, I swear, on my other podcast, SlasherCast, we're 96 episodes in, and we've had like maybe three haters. Dude, Devil Horns' second comment. Somebody's got to say shit. That's wonderful. Uh, also, I know nothing about drums, so I have nothing to say about <laughs> Lars. <laughs>
2: okay, I'm gonna point out two things here. One, I'm pleased that nobody called in on my clear and obvious fuck up on the podcast. If you re-listen to what I'm talking shit about Lars. I mentioned how uh, in the uh, one video that Kirk was really hammering that double bass. I heard (laughs) heard it, and my face went, oh, shit, did I say that? Okay, we were like two and a half hours in, but I want to point out, yes, I know Kirk Hammett is the guitarist for Metallica and Lars is the drummer, but listen, Kirk is every bit as shitty a drummer as Lars. That's all I got to (laughs) say. I don't think I'm wrong. In the end, I'm really not wrong. It's still a win. But. Uh, I would like to say to not Alex, shut the fuck up! What is wrong with you, motherfuckers? Don't know about good music, and I'm kidding. Uh, and Nick, I I led you down the line hoping you were gonna slam him. Um, Alex is my son, and uh, my son is uh-huh. a, my son is a drummer. He's a drummer. He's and my my son is way better than Lars. I'll say that. And uh, my son also cannot stand Lars. And uh, he made a little comment like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to fuck with you and put comments about, you know, I'm going to take the contrary position to you. I said, well, don't use some stupid name like not Alex. I'll figure that shit out. So, of course, he wouldn't put that up there. So
1: uh, fastest swimmer. Good job. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah, that was a that was a shocking twist to our second comment ever.
2: Yes. I'm Oh, it's Alex. He's just my dick. What's next?
0: What's next? Yes. Well, by (laughs) Death Spawner. Um, Friend of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what he has to say. I'm not sure if this is safe to mention, but I like St. Anger. Well, to some degree. As bizarre as it might sound, it was the first Metallica album I purchased, and on release day, no less. I had been familiar with the band long before that. Like one of the hosts, I just borrowed my friend's collection on a regular basis, especially Reload and Garage Inc. St. Anger and a couple of other select albums, brings me back to a period of time when life was fantastic, so nostalgia might be playing a huge role here. The album from a pure Metallica standpoint doesn't compare to the older albums, of course, but I still think it stands up well against a bunch of other metal that was out there at the time. Of course, again, I could just be blinded by nostalgia, and it does help that I wasn't a major Metallica fan for years and years prior to that album's release. Mike, congrats on choosing an album with a truly disgusting cover for your first pick. It's a really, uh, it's really a toss-up whether that or Mayhem Suicide cover is worse. Also, Danzig was in The Misfits?
2: Okay, clearly a comment just to fuck with me.
0: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and wow, <it> <laughs> wow, a lot here. Um... Well, you guys go first because I have a story about
2: this guy that kind of relates for two minutes. So go ahead, you guys respond first.
0: Ah, well, I'll just go. Being that I understand that uh, nostalgia does definitely, definitely play a huge role in in everything we're talking about, especially music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it uh, you you have to qualify an album by not only its its musicianship and and uh, I don't know the artists involved, but also at the time that you heard it and where you were in your life when you heard this album and how it yep. affected you so there's a very strange sort of uh... Of dynamic going on there and uh, i totally can appreciate that even though i don't agree with it because of maybe the circumstances that i listen to these albums um, you know it's not that i am any more valid than you are and i totally understand that and respect that um, so as far as the album cover goes, I definitely agree I am much more disturbed now and, and sort of uh, weirded out, knowing that is a real corpse. Um, and uh, actually I did I, I thought of that, uh, that mayhem cover, which I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, uh, you yeah. know, the, the yep. suicide <laughs> sort of a yeah, photo. To... Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, definitely both that's weird. I mean, whenever you realize that those are real. I mean, that's a real corpse. I mean, between the three of us, we've seen thousands and thousands of horror movies of immense amounts of gore and extremity and violence and everything. But I don't know you guys, but to me, man, whenever I know it's real, whenever I know that's a real dead body and that is real blood and those are real wounds and, and real uh, injuries, I, 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 it just it affects me differently, man. It totally well, weirds yeah. me out
1: absolutely and especially like we're all horror podcasters for, first and for, foremost and we've seen probably thousands of horror movies between us but most horror podcasters i know or or, or horror fans in general aren't going to sit back and watch snuff films i mean we've all encountered them because the internet is right fucking there and everything that you could want to see is right fucking there but you know we're not uh seeking that out you know what i mean and and, uh, at least for the most part if I could speak um, to back up most horror fans I've ever fucking met Uh, um, so it it is definitely a weird thing I'm sorry what are you going to say you love stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) well no actually I was going to go with I I may have a weird qualification in this regard Um, I used to work as a transport driver for the Orange County Coroner's office through a private company and I worked for a mortuary here in Long Beach for quite some time so um, I've picked up plenty of suicides so um yeah. So I don't know. So maybe I have, maybe I've seen things that some, you know, most people to see online, I've, I've scraped a lot of them off the ground. So uh, wow. interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, besides that, I agree with, with, with the comments, especially in regard to some albums just make you remember that summer. You know what I mean? That girl, yeah. that, that crazy oh, trip yeah. you took with your friends. I totally, his name is Rob. Uh, Rob, I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, again, I didn't even hear those albums, but I understand. Um, and, yes, Danzig was a singer of the Misfits, but more importantly, this gentleman <laughs> left his feedback. We share something in common. Our favorite band of all time is Bad Religion. And uh, I've Ooh. known Rob for many years, and he lives uh, way, way northeastern Canada, Newfoundland. And he also runs TechGage.com. If you ever want any know about anything tech, TechGage.com, you'll find it out through him. But, anyway... I bought uh, Bad Religion announced they were filming a DVD at the Hollywood Palladium right here in my backyard. I live down here in L.A. And uh, I bought two tickets and I said, Rob, we're going to the show. And this guy, to go see a concert with me, flew from Newfoundland down to LAX, stayed at my house for a couple of days. And we went there when they filmed the live DVD, uh, Bad Religion Live at the Palladium. It was a great fucking show. We had a great time. It was great meeting him. And uh, having him here at the house, and also, I'll remind him, because he's going to hear this, he is a huge Turbo Negro fan. By the way, I introduced you to that band driving back to LAX on my car, and you went, who the fuck is this? And I said, this is Turbo Negro, you're going to love him, and he did. So, good feedback, Rob, Um, and good to know you. The guy flew halfway across the continent just to see a show with me. It was an epic, epic weekend.
0: I'm just writing down Turbo Negro right now. This is, Uh, wow. Great band. Oh. We, another another <laughs> wow. weird,
2: not quite down the normal uh, path band. Uh, they're Norwegian and uh, they just lost their normal sweet. singer and have a new singer, but still, it's a band that doesn't take themselves serious. They do all kinds of crazy themes, but they're like a. They're punk and they rock and they rock and they love rock bands and it comes through in their music very well. Oh, sweet.
0: And was he totally serious uh you know mike just knowing this guy uh with his last line is was danzig in the misfits
2: no he's just fucking with me okay i uh I I, I mentioned that i mentioned that in the podcast and i'm like can you motherfuckers please stop asking me and being surprised that danzig was the singer of the misfits Uh, he's just he is one of those guys that went the full three hours enjoyed our show and just thought he'd fuck with me a bit and he certainly
0: can thanks rob yes Yes. Well, for the last time, listeners, Danzig was the original singer of the Misfits, and that's that's the last time we're gonna talk about this.
1: Probably not. Uh, honestly,
0: no, 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 absolutely.
2: Right. That's gonna be our Wilhelm scream. People are gonna sign uh, in with
0: Danzig for the Misfits. Ah! <laughs> Great. Uh, well, our fourth and final uh, comment on that uh, first episode was from Firas191. Um, He said, personally, he or she, I'm sorry, he or she said, personally, I think albums from The Black Album to Saint Anger are the best works for Metallica, especially lyrically. Songs are in harmony with the lyrics. You feel they actually connect to the lyrics, the intro, riffs, solos, drums, all of it. People who say "Load" to St. Anger are crap, or whatever, are the ones enjoying me the most. If you really love a band, you'll listen to all their albums, but then you only like fast thrash music, so probably only the old Metallica is good for you. Black Album is what brought Metallica to fame. "Load," Reload, and St. Anger talk about the issues and problems from the life of the frontman James Hetfield. They connect to all people from different ages. Thus, I like them the most. Metallica isn't only about fast thrash metal. It's the best band out there and not just thrash. Wow. hmm. What do you guys think about that? Uh,
1: Well, um, again, I don't know. Now, are you sure, Mike, that this isn't one of your friends? Yeah, I this. <laughs> okay, <so> th- this <laughs> one's hey, real. Y-
2: you can tell my sh- son to shut the fuck up. I got no problem with that. He's a man. He <laughs> can take it.
1: But well, yeah, one, I have uh, no
2: idea who this person is.
1: You know, I, I like I said, I came into Metallica with the Black Album, so I don't share a hatred for Load and Reload that the rest of the world does because I didn't have anything invested in them before the Black Album, and. um I don't know. I think you're kind of generalizing when you say that you only love sl- uh, thr- what was it thrash metal. If you listen to the other albums and stuff, yeah. so I'm not even. I, I don't. You know, they're they're clearly not only about thrash metal, and and uh, you know, that's fine. I agree with you with that. And a lot of what he says is exactly what I told you in that show that Jason Newstead said in that old documentary that um. You know, Bob Rock came on and taught them uh, the drums go with the guitars and everything goes one, two, one, two, one, you know. Um, he, he made things happen. Um, he made the music more parsimonious, if you will, mm. where everything went together. Uh, so, yeah, it's not like that's an incorrect fact. It's just the people, you know, different tastes.
3: Right. I would right. say
1: for me... um I disagree
2: with some of what was said here, but this would have been exactly what I would have said when I was say 17, and you couldn't have sold me that there was a better band than Metallica. And I get that Metallica is your favorite band, and I think that's great. I mean, I, I think we, we took great care to say that there were plenty of things Metallica did we, we thought were phenomenal and changed the genre. So but I, I disagree when, it, when you said here that um, if you really love a band, you'll listen to all of their albums. I d- I've never been that way. There are bands that I love where I would say, yeah, you know what I don't listen to that album so much because I just don't care for it. Um, you know what There was a time when I loved Taco Bell, but you know what I didn't eat everything on the menu because I like certain <laughs> things.
1: <laughs> great analogy. Not I mean if we, it just, I mean, yeah. it just and
2: if you're a total fan and if you're a total fan and can appreciate all of it, then that's great. And then, I mean, and then you then you really really are a true comprehensive fan of Metallica, and that's great. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I, when I know what I like, and I'm greedy with what I like, and there, I mean, there are bands that I love that I've seen in concert. I mean, I've seen Pantera a shitload of times. But there's a couple albums where I go, I don't really listen to them that much because it just it kind of got away from what I liked. So I'm greedy oh. with my limited time with music. I take what oh, yeah. I want.
1: You know, even we just talked about, uh, what do you call it that we just talked about? Killswitch Engage. I haven't heard their new album because Howard Jones, the lead singer, left the band and the old singer Jesse Lynch came back. I haven't heard any of the new music with Jesse Lynch other than what I heard on um, the college radio station near where I live. Right. I- I'm just not that into it. So, yeah, I wouldn't even, you know.
2: But I would say, sir, you are a, sir or ma'am, pardon me, you are a bigger Metallica fan than I probably ever was and they should be they should be grateful to the fans like you that are willing to grow and expand and try new things with them i was not willing to make that step
0: right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm right there with you man um you know i i think it, you know it's very generalizing like you said um because i think as appreciators of great music man uh you know you know what you like, you know what you don't like. And I think we were very quick to call out our favorite band, man, if they were straying from uh, what we think they, they should be doing. And, um, you know, we, over what, you know, three, four, maybe five albums for Metallica. We really, really grew to love this band and what they were all about. And we, we thought we had them pegged for what it was. And then, uh, man, all of a sudden things changed. They cut their hair. They were so, so worried about their image, you know, down from, uh, you know, all the, all the photography and everything that went into, uh, load and reload to, uh, you know, Lars and the whole Napster thing. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the internet blew up around that whole time that Metallica blew up, <laughs> you know, as well. Yeah. And, um, I think it was just a, a very strange time. And, uh, Uh, unfortunately it's, it's really hard because us as metal fans, man, we're, as I said, last episode, you know, our first episode, we can be so unforgiving, man. I mean, once you lose that, that sense of cred, that sense of, uh, being true to who you are and true to the fans, it's so hard to get it back. And, uh, I think that's, that's what's happening here, but, uh. But I certainly don't discount or, or really count anybody out who is uh, really into St. Anger and Load and Reload and everything like that. I mean, maybe that did speak to you in a, a very special time in your life, man. And and I don't know. But, uh, but just uh, generalizing people who prefer the earlier Metallica albums over the the later ones, you know, like you know, load, reload, Saint Anger, anything, as uh, just people who want to hear thrash and nothing else, you know, they're not just thrash and stuff. I mean, that's that's I think a little harsh, you know, and uh, it, it definitely goes deeper than that for a lot of us on uh, Metallica. So I don't know. I think it boils down to the fact that uh, James got sober, and once God, you get yeah. sober, man. Music just goes downhill, and I'm sorry, it's a sad thing to, I mean, you know, you gotta gotta balance out the pros and cons of everything. You get sober, and the music starts to suck, or you, you just keep getting drunk and you keep rocking.
2: Yeah, I mean he 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 was much more aggressive when he was full of these demons, mm-hmm. you know, and just bearing them. And I, I think, yeah. and and I and, and in the end, I'm glad he got his ass straightened out because he's a much healthier person. Right. And right. it just it just meant it meant the fury was gone for me. But that doesn't mean that we don't get a whole new side uh, of an artist that we've never known to be that way. And that's and that's and that's a moment of discovery, that's exposition, and that's great for some people. It just wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, I mean musically, I, I mean. I think personally, I really, really like James. I do. He has it all together. I mean, he's, he's straightened his life out. He's done the right things, and he's a total family guy, which is, you know, where I am in my point in life, too. And I appreciate that. And uh, he, he's got everything together, man. You know, he's got everything under control, and he knows uh, what his weaknesses are, and he's dealt with that. And that's fantastic, man. He's got a
2: great um, sense of humor too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love James. Um yeah. he's maybe a bit questionable uh, things of what I've heard uh, as far as his dealings toward fans and everything, you know, especially him and Lars mm-hmm. together, I, you know, uh, I've I've heard far more questionable things than Overly positive things. So yeah, there's
1: nothing to even question about it. Questionable is eh, not. The
0: well, word. I'm trying. I'm trying oh. to be polite here. Just trying to, you know, trying to. D- All right, Nick.
1: <sighs> who who would we recommend James's
2: bad attitude for? Go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, you mean which fans should who, listen who, to
2: that? Who, no, who
1: needs an ass whooping by Headfield? Who uh, who do we recommend? Uh, we get uh, that bad attitude. to. I don't know. Um, the guy from Cradle of Filth. <laughs> Wait a minute. How uh, how bad was his <laughs> speaking voice? Was he like was he like uh, Cobra Commander
2: from GI Joe? How bad is <laughs> yes, it? I don't know. Yes, You've yes. got to be shitting hey, me, really. Oh that's my god!
1: Exactly, what it's like if I can find video of it, I will find it and I will send it to you. But yes, all right, uh, King they, of
2: Nipples. Now I'm going to seek it out just for enjoyment. Good, good going.
1: <laughs> this next song, anyway, oh. it's dedicated to
0: Destro. ha. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I love it, but despite all this, Ferris 191, we we appreciate that you've uh, commented on this, and uh, appreciate I that you are a huge Metallica Fer- fan. Yeah, I think it's Ferris, and you called him Fear Ass. I think I did say Fear Ass the first time. <laughs> uh,
2: who wouldn't like Fear Ass better? Though it sounds more amazing. Fear Ass, but, but yeah. Ferris, what I appreciate what you did was you didn't just say. Uh, Lars is the best drummer ever. You suck. You actually you, you staged <laughs> your case and you gave me reasons why, and I appreciate that. And thank you, thank you for uh, being more constructive with your commentary. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, you're obviously a man that is thinking, or a woman. I don't know. Again,
2: Think, or a woman thinking like a man. Mm. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. well,
0: <laughs> well, there's obviously some thought behind uh, whoever is uh, posting this, and we appreciate that. So everybody tonight. Uh, including Mike with the voicemail and uh, all these uh, commenters here, are going to be entered into a uh, free uh, music download. I'm going nice. to send you all a free song tonight. So oh,
2: have that. nice.
0: Uh, I actually have the Hat of Pain right here right now, guys, and I know you can't see it, but I, it I love it right here.
2: You guys need to look up uh, the electric chair, and you need to see the Hat of Pain.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, it just amazing. is. I get a kick out of it. Oh. I appreciate that, Mike. But uh, right now, I am going to drop these right now into the hat, and I'm going to pick out a magical. The Hat of Pain is actually going to dictate who gets the free song tonight, and that is Death Spawner. Death Spawner. Oh, man. Nice going, Rob. Nice going. All right. Congratulations. Well, let us know, or, you know, probably let Mike know, um, what is your preferred venue for a free song here? Is it iTunes or Amazon or Google? Whatever, we're gonna get a free song download out to you because we really appreciate that. Uh, you've uh, bothered to let us know what you're thinking. And uh, feel free so. to spend that on some blood duster, my friend. Good yes, stuff. please do. Please do. So that does it for the listener feedback and for this episode as a whole. And it was uh, definitely. Great fun tonight. Uh, thank you again, Mike, for bringing Blood Duster uh, to our consciousnesses.
2: Thanks for checking it out. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. That was a lot of fun. Um, so next episode, which is going to happen uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing something a little more general. And uh, it was funny. We uh, discussed this uh, pre-recording tonight. And this is going to be a great topic. So, guys, are you ready for something that truly... I mean, it's hard to find a controversial topic in the metal genre. You know, I, a lot of things, you know, we don't really bat an eye at. You know, even, even mayhem or, you know, varg kind of antics. You know, it's just sort of that, that's metal. Okay. But when you start talking about Christian metal, Wow. Say what? Yes. Yes. Some
2: people are going to say that exists.
0: It does. (laughs) Yes, it does. Honestly,
1: you may have been listening to it and don't know that the shit you're hearing is Christian.
0: That's true. Exactly. And I'm I'm actually a uh, case study in uh, that as well, because uh, I've been listening to a metal band right now that I have been so digging. And up until recently, I had no idea that they were, in fact, Christian artists. And uh, perpetuating a Christian uh, sort of mindset and worldview. So we're going to be tackling the weird, wacky world of Christian metal music. uh, Going back several decades, of course, because there is a lot to talk about. So, man, man, we have a lot, (laughs) a lot of homework to do in between now and then. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Nick... Thank you again for joining us tonight, man. And, uh, no problem. hanging out, man. But uh, we did a great, great album review of Blood Duster and maybe sort of opened opened some people's eyes to different music, man. So it's uh, going to be fun next time. What do you think about... Uh, I mean, what are your... I mean, we haven't done anything yet, studied anything or listened to anything about Christian metal music. What are your sort of i guess uh a pre conceived uh assumptions on Christian metal and uh what do you think just going into this next show <laughs> uh if you're at, well um i am gonna say that
1: uh the devil has always had the best music so we'll oh, see what happens
0: <laughs> we'll see we'll see Nick do you think satan has uh you <laughs> totally uh championed this uh, genre or does Jesus Christ...
1: That That's an interesting point. Did s- does Satan <laughs> champion metal or does he not like it too? Mm. Maybe mm. we'll cover that someday. God, if Satan's into polka core, I'm going to carve my fucking <laughs> eyes out.
2: My whole <laughs> no, life will no, be whole, a lie.
0: Over. Well, maybe that's Jesus trying to get into metal and just not just totally doing it wrong. I don't know. But we are... <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, because we're
2: going to bounce from Striper to Vengeance Rising, and you folks are going to be amazed. You're going to say to yourself, Jesus Christ, is that Christian metal?
0: Yes, it is. What the hell kind of podcast goes into these realms? Well, it's the Devil Horns, again. So, uh, devilhorns.org is where we are. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Cheers. You've been
3: listening to Devil Horns. Join us at devilhorns.org.